Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Call in at 402-489-1240 or at 800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Great to have you in on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Connor Clark is in. And give us a find and follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And, of course, Connor Clark at C underscore Clark underscore 27. I will say it's slower because it is longer. At C underscore Clark underscore 27. Fellas, how we doing? Uh, are we surviving the Arctic blast? Did we ice skate home from class or work? Well, Connor doesn't have a car right now, so ice skating <laughs> so, is the only option. So, so Thanks did, for reminding me. <laughs> this is a this is like a Seinfeld episode uh, or the um, the pilot pitch about Jerry getting a butler. And how does that feel, Elijah, to be a, to be a, a chauffeur? You're a good human. For for driving Connor around and a very good human and and that's 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 well done by you. Well, luckily we got, we got to hand out a gold star today for a Thursday for a Thursday, and uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of rent you're charging uh, Connor for for these good deeds. Not yet, not, not yet. yet. Eventually, I'll be taking you're a vacation. It'll, it'll be Connor saying, "Hey, hey, remember all those days I drove you home from the <laughs> show? Yeah, it's well, time to pay up, buddy." But I will say. Of any, I mean, Connor round trip to get him back to his place and get it back over here. It's about 20 minutes, and the amount of time it takes to download all the things I need for posting up after the show, get us on YouTube, mm. getting us in podcast form, takes roughly 15 to 20 minutes. So the timing actually works out well, where it's either me sitting in here twiddling my thumbs for 20 minutes, or I'm driving Connor to and from his place, which isn't the worst thing in the world. To so. be fair, I still haven't given your screwdrivers back, so I, oh, need, yeah. I need to do that. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'll bring them out. <laughs> the guy who borrows your tools on the next Hale Varsity. You can stream the show. Find us on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, different platforms as well to watch the show. The Hale Varsity Twitter uh, handle, uh, radio Twitter handles at HVarsity Radio. And uh, across the board on KFOR, KFOR Sports Facebook, KFOR Radio Facebook, and KFOR Radio Twitter at KFOR Radio. You can hear us, of course, uh, in Omaha on 590 and then Central Nebraska 1460-1550 and uh, News Talk 900 Columbus. Um, 
If you're playing catch-up, uh, we are on 1240 AM in Lincoln. And uh, just reminding you of that, can uh, join us in the stream. Uh, Brennan's asking the pertinent question when we talk screwdrivers. Uh, is it tool or drink? Sadly, Brennan, it is the tool. I would not be giving them back if they were said drink. So The glass. You'd return a glass, I hope. You, well, yeah. Got to return the glass. Well, then there's evidence of a crime because our friend Connor here is still 20 <laughs> years old. So I think you destroy all evidence uh, of any crime happening whatsoever. Connor's alter ego is McLovin, and he is from Hawaii. <laughs> See, it's funny you say that because we actually have a McLovin flag in our apartment. So. <laughs> Do you actually? <laughs> yeah. That's so college. It's, 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 it right, it's right next to the blue backdrop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Uh, the guy I know down the hall in the dorm. Guys, uh, plenty to get into. Brandon Vogel's going to join us in 20 minutes. Uh, uh, we highlighted his column yesterday. We'll talk more with Vogues uh, about Matt Rule and Nebraska's direction under Rule and uh, the, the topic of winning and uh, some of those must-dos for Nebraska. They're assessing where they go next right now as it's winter conditioning to get ready for spring, and it's going to be this process that is talked about but followed through upon so we'll get there with Vogues. Gary Barnett with us in an hour. We cover a lot of ground. All right, what's the transition going to look like for SC and UCLA? Uh, thoughts on on some of Nebraska's offseason. And uh, he's, you know, in contact and close with Eric Bieniemy. So we'll get some thoughts from Coach Barnett on eventually Bieniemy moved on from Kansas City for Washington What's he think of that move? So uh, that's coming up pretty much open phones, uh, a lot of hour one and a lot of hour two. can always email the show, Chris, at hailvarsity.com. On the recruiting front, going to start there, and uh, we'll get to Athlon's ranking of Big Ten quarterbacks. But uh, Torrey Pittman, a 14-year-old Nebraskan, and uh, Mr. Pittman has a Husker offer. And uh, that's uh, pretty cool uh, as he's a middle schooler that is on his way to high school. And listen, um, Pittman's a a fantastic talent, and he's um, a guy that's been a part of Abdul Abdul Muhammad's homegrown program. Abdul Muhammad, one of the the, the best Huskers ever, and I love what Abdul's done uh, with the North Omaha Boys and Girls Club and then that seven-on-seven he does. So Abdul Muhammad's a, a dude, uh, a, a great dude, and uh, Pittman's a future eagle at Omaha Central. This happens in hoops all the time, all right? You are scouting out 7th and 8th graders before they get to ninth grade, and if you're good at it, you are funneling them to your high school for ninth grade, at, at worst, JV. Okay, so that's that's the basketball world with, with Pittman here, and you look at uh, college football, it's rare. You've seen some 14-year-olds, some 15-year-olds get offered by Lane Kiffin. You've seen, uh, I, you guys, got, you got to go back 30 years where it wasn't the first time it happened, but it was probably the most high-profile early offer, and his name was Damon Bailey. He was a stud point guard in Indiana, and Bob Knight in Indiana basketball offered Damon Bailey. Damon Bailey had a really good career at Indiana. I think he got drafted, and he wasn't a great pro, but the point is is if you see some talent young, you get in there. Um, Nebraska, for years, 
had posters up in high schools all across the country, down in New Orleans, uh, back east in New Jersey, uh, some of the select high schools out in California, right? I mean, make sure that red N is seen if you by chance missed them smacking somebody on national TV. Now, Nebraska is looking at a kid in their backyard. You've got a former Husker standout that's connected with this kid and has been a mentor. And why wait? We're talking about Ainsworth in Alabama. We're talking about Ainsworth and um, Georgia, right? And you've got a kid just from where we're at, just an hour up the road. If you see incredible talent, if you're trying to project, you get that offer in there early. You make him a priority, even if he's only 14, even if he has yet to step into the halls of a uh, legendary high school. I have no problem with this for Nebraska. And I I really haven't been uh, a guy over my career to criticize programs for offering kids uber, uber young. I mean, did Arch Manning have offers when he was 14? Maybe they weren't publicized, but probably. Arch Manning, by the time he was 14, was probably two or in Tennessee and Texas and Ole Miss. All right? And I'm not calling Pittman the next. I'm just saying this is the way of the world. You have more seven-on-seven camps for football. You have a lot of off-season development that's going on. And be first and and, and, and be right, okay, if you're going to be in on a kid this young. And I don't, I don't doubt Nebraska with their connections, their due diligence on this, makes sense to go after him. Yeah, and uh, I think what's going to stand out is good, good football player makes some plays, but what stands out about him is he is just the best eighth grader in the state in terms of track and field, especially that 100-meter dash. Runs on 11.82, which I'm not sure how many people out there follow middle school track and field all that much. That is blazing fast for an eighth grader. I mean, like you're lucky if it's uh, blazing fast for a 45-year-old. <laughs> I mean, you're lucky if a guy's running in like the 12s as a middle schooler. The fact that he's down to an 11 I can't drive a 12. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the fact that, like, I'm, I'm trying to take a step back and, like, listening to the conversation that we're having right now. We are talking about somebody who's running middle school track right now. And that is, like, the way that these dudes are able to evaluate talent that early. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the whole Arch Manning thing, and he probably coaches in his year when he was that young. Yeah, probably true. But I... I guess this is me, I guess, envying the football eye of other people. Like, how, how do you know? How I'd... can you see that in a 14 year old? Like, I, because it's been, they're been, they've been right. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm bashing them for being wrong, but how do you see that that early? It is insane. I think it's just mind boggling every time I hear, even if it's in like basketball or like baseball, 12 year olds getting offered or something like that. How do you see it that early? It's insane to me. Well, this is about more than just who. Tory Pittman is as an athlete too. It's deeper than that. This is about sending a message. If you're Matt Rule and the coaching staff, that hearts and minds, man. Exactly. It's. It doesn't matter if you're 14. It doesn't matter if you're 18. If you're a player in Nebraska, we will come find you, and you will be getting an offer to the University of Nebraska. It's about sending a message and saying, you know what, you have potential at this age. We like what we see. We're going to extend an offer. We're not going to wait. We're not going to wait two years for whenever the Alabamas and the Auburns of the world potentially come find you. We're going to be first in the boat here. You're an eighth grader. We like what we see. We're going to get an offer. Not only is this PR for the, the fans of the University of Nebraska, this is PR for anyone who's an athlete in the state of Nebraska. If you are good, we will find you and we will offer you. 14, you're probably playing up 
levels or against old, grown, well, not grown, but older kids in the seven on sevens. And you can stack up. Not only are you stacking up, but you're dominating. So go ahead by all means. Some, some kids just are prodigies and have it. And it's probably an easy, well, you know, I thought it would turn out this way. This is why we did it. You've got enough data here and enough people in this orbit that you trust with football that you're, you're talking to. And that's the big thing about Rule and in, in his recruiting process is the communication part. And to your point, the, uh, the PR part, he's not doing this for the first segment uh, on a Thursday in February. He's doing this because he, he looks at the kid and he values track athletes, first and foremost, has everywhere it's been. And it's turned out because a lot of those track athletes that were two-star guys turn into guys that, as he puts it, get a second contract. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a mentality. And it's an athleticism, and it's a skill set, and you can't coach speed just like you can't coach height. So this is cool, and this is really cool uh, with Nebraska. And uh, there's a anytime you say Omaha Central and uh, in Nebraska football, and it, and it brings smiles to a lot of old people's eyes, and old people I'm including myself in when I think of Amon Green and Calvin Jones and just some of the, the dudes that came from Central that, that – that uh, were, were, were big-time difference makers. But good for Pittman, man. And they see him at uh, the wide receiver and, and, and uh, secondary skills. That's, uh, that's a skill set that uh, his body and his uh, fluidity and just his speed are difference makers. Nebraska not going to wait. And if you get four years down the road and you realize, man, I'm This 14-year-old turns into a top 50 player. There, there, I mean, there's two sides you can go. There's that or there's, you know what, this guy found another sport. He's going to find a sport somewhere with Pittman. He's going to find a sport that he likes with the kind of athleticism that he has as an eighth grader. And you're going to find a position for him. Exactly, exactly. And it's a, a case of, hey, if four years down the road you still want to play football, this Nebraska offer is still going to be here. We're going to be first in the boat right now. And you know what? If you decide you want to be a, a track and field athlete, that's what's for you. It's nothing lost on Nebraska's end. Yeah. But, but you are going out and recruiting an athlete. Even if he doesn't turn into the football player that you think he's going to be in high school, you can say, you know what? Come to Nebraska. We'll turn you into the football player. We see you as an athlete. We saw it in eighth grade. We still see it now. It's, it's nothing lost for Nebraska if this doesn't pan out the, thing, the way you think it does. And if, if it does pan out the way you think it do, the way you think it will, excuse me, you're going to be in the boat before anyone else in the country is. A guy that Nebraska really went after, uh, and he was, he was in eighth grade. And he was uh, at a school in the uh, the Eighth Ward down in New Orleans. Was Neil Smith, hmm. the late great Jack Pierce, was looking at another kid, stumbled upon film of a guy named Neil Smith. Neil Smith was uh, pretty scrawny at that point in his life, and you know Nebraska said, "Well, okay, uh, if you put X amount of weight on him, super quick." Well, Neil Smith ended up being the the number two pick overall. Should be an NFL Hall of Famer over a career 100 sacks, couple Super Bowls. Uh, Nebraskans know the story of Neil Smith, but he was he was not a, a public eighth grade offer, but he was absolutely a, an eighth grade target for for Nebraska football way back in the mid 80s. So uh, we've we've touched on that. It's okay to to go after the the select few if you like some 14 year olds uh, and they pop to you. 
in camp or you have someone in your ear. And, and Mickey Joseph set this up. I mean, he was talking with Abdul Muhammad. Hey, Mick, uh, this is Abdul. I'm, I'm, I don't know how this conversation went, but I assume it's, hey, I got a guy for you. He's only 14, but, man, he's going to be something. Yeah, you were really damn good, too, Abdul. I, I kind of trust what you're saying. If you think the kid's pretty good, maybe it could work. In the last eighth grader that I remember getting an offer like this that was really quite famous was back – it was a long time ago. I just go look it up because uh, I remembered it. Is Alabama offered an eighth grader by the name of Dylan Moses. What's Dylan Moses doing? Well, he played for four years at Alabama, became a team captain his senior year. It ended up going uh, undrafted in the NFL mm-hmm. because he had a, a couple of knee injuries in college, but was a team captain at Alabama, is currently a free agent in the NFL looking for pro opportunities. So he – I mean, he's at least still getting a look. Yeah, and he was, he was, a, he was a good football player. Captain at Alabama. His career was derailed a little bit by knee injuries, but he was exactly who they thought he was going to be. So it, there, there is a lot of stuff that changes as, a, as a, an eighth grader gets up through high school in terms of physical development, a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. But if, if history is any track record, usually those guys that the coaching staff is finding in eighth grade turns out to be at least a, a there's, decent there's football There's a ton player. of eyes on 14- and 15-year-olds at camps. Uh, who are some of the freshmen or sophomores that are going to be the next best. And uh, the good coaches can spot them and get get in front of them early because the whole world's going to know about them. Those are the, those are the obvious guys you want to get, uh, the, the talents like that. We spent a whole 15 minutes on a 14-year-old offer. We'll, we'll get into some other thoughts. It's okay. Brandon Vogel with us shortly. It's Hale Varsity on a Thursday presented by Currency. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time Thursday. Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine. Brandon Vogel at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Subscribe to the digital and print combo. Uh, HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. Vogues, did you get, what were you offered when you were 14? Let's start there. We were just talking about the 14-year-old that is in Omaha, Nebraska offered. Were uh, people knocking on Vogues' door for your free throw percentage or your hops? I'll say, when I was 14, I got offered cigarettes from the guy down the uh, the gas station on the corner. Okay. I think that's a little different. Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) Did he drive a windowless van? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> was it the guy sitting to your right? No, <laughs> no, it was not. I did not. Vokes is going to like throw his computer across the room and oh look, lost contact, can't answer. Sorry, but in all seriousness, uh, this has not been uh, new to college athletics. You've had it happen in basketball, and you've had it happen. Uh, well, Lane Kiffin's, I think, did it a couple summers ago. Yeah, and so. Um, a little bit scared to reveal this, but oh, 14 no. would have been would have been about 1993 for me. No, that's the only part I'm scared. Okay, the rest is, <laughs> okay. The rest is, <laughs> started this, this, this answer. <laughs> um, 
Some guy yeah, named Osborne know, wanted me to throw um, uh, throw passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, that was the thing for me. You know, Tom Osborne never came and offered. Um, I grew up in Western Nebraska, of course. So Bill McCartney was heavily in the mix. Was really, really interested uh, in me as an eighth grade football. No, none of this is true. Nobody offered me. <laughs> just run with it, was, man. When I, when, <laughs> I, when, I was four, when I was 14, um, just out there, out there doing my best, trying to watch the NBA slam dunk contest. Well, see, the, the best part about 1993, though, Vogues, is you can make up whatever story you want, and there's no way we can prove it. There was no internet exactly. around in 1993. Like, there's no fact checking that can occur. Whatever you Brandon say is Vogel, the truth. blue chip. That, that's that's true. That's why I can say Bill McCartney was he came, you know, he was interested. Uh, nobody was talking about it then. We talk about it now because Lane Kiffin's out there and Nebraska's now out there. But back then it was just like, well, I guess I'll just keep this to myself. There's nobody to tell. <laughs> Brandon Vogel's with us. Vogue's really loved your column for the folks streaming and watching Hale Varsity YouTube. This is the new Hale Varsity magazine, softball, baseball, but uh, obviously uh, lots of football coverage as well. Your column, uh, just great. Really enjoy your work. You do wonderful stuff. You know this already. But uh, the immediate must-dos for Nebraska, you, you run down a lot of thoughts on the Big Red and really kind of highlight on some of the, the comments from Coach Rule through his time here. And we spent a little bit of time yesterday here about uh, just – winning right uh how do you how do you start winning if you're nebraska um how are you going to win some of these games if you're the big red and the must do's as you look at at rule and how he has things set up i mean are you encouraged with well the start so far results got to be results but are you encouraged with this this vaunted process that that nebraska is going to go on I am encouraged, and as I as I wrote in that column for, in the February issue, um, <clears throat> which is titled "Nothing But Everything," which is pulled directly from a Matt Rule quote, where he was asked about kind of setting a culture, setting a standard, and you know he's like, "Well, we just kind of set some standards, and what do they have to do with winning? Nothing, but also everything." And you know, I I'm, I really firmly believe that in terms of football coaching in particular, but I think it's a little bit universal. Uh, it is one of those things where maybe nothing matters on its own, but everything matters in total. So how you approach a workout in on a Friday in February matters when it comes to, to Saturdays in, in September. And, you know, it, it's, it's not a novel idea, but it, it, it seems to be a hard one for, for, different coaches to to grasp at times that that truly everything matters i mean bill walsh write, wrote a book that i refer to all the time that is is called the score takes care of itself like you don't go out to beat minnesota uh, on the first thursday of the football season you know yes that's what nebraska wants to do that's what nebraska hopes to do minnesota hopes the opposite's the case but how how are you going to do that and it really takes like you just got to be good at things for, for the sake of being good at them and then let the games fall where they may, uh, which, you know, I think with the way we look at coaches and it, it, it seems a little bit too much left up to chance, but the, the more I think about it and the more I read about it, get to talk to coaches, et cetera, I think it's kind of the only way. And, and when you look at back at Nebraska, the 1990s, 
it was very much a program that was doing that. It was like, you know, all the stuff we heard about that, that era, the, the practices were harder than the games, like all things like that matter. Um, so a Nebraska job, the Nebraska football job comes with a lot of advantages, even still after the last 10 years, 20 years, you know, wherever your kind of start date is of kind of the, the, you know, downturn of Nebraska football that we've seen recently, uh, it's still a good job. Michigan's a good job. Ohio State's a good job, of course. It comes with a weight to it, too. And so far, and, and granted, we have no actual wins or losses to go on at this point. So far, I don't feel like Matt Rule has displayed carrying that, the weight of the thing. Um, and that, that was kind of the genesis of that column. Brandon Vogel's with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, Brandon, whenever you, you you look at Matt Rule not carrying the weight, I like what you said there at the end. Do you think that falls down to the athletic director's office? Because it does feel like Nebraska has an athletic director in place right now that seems to want to take a lot of weight off the football coach's shoulders. And that, that marks a, a sharp disparity with what we've seen in, in some previous administrations of, of previous athletic directors. Yeah, I think I think that's a key piece of it. Um, and I, and I, I've also, you know, written at various times before that I think we look at turnover amongst the head football coach in Nebraska. And that's an issue. That's a potential explanation for why Nebraska hasn't been what it was, you know, for basically 50, 60 years prior to this century. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I also think part of that is just the approach of, of Matt Rule. Um and I wrote in that column that, to me, he doesn't seem to be treating this that much different than Temple or Baylor. <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> Temple or Baylor, um, which can feel like a slight if you're a Nebraska fan because you're like, well, this is this is different, like this, and it, it it is different. But I think to to truly have success, you kind of have to treat it that way. Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Brandon, I've had this conversation with my friends as well, and maybe this is why he kind of doesn't feel the weight of the whole thing, if you will, for Nebraska football, as you mentioned. He's embraced the culture so much ever since he's gotten here. And we were talking, you would never, at least from a student perspective, see you know a Scott Frost at a basketball game. We've seen... Matt Rule at a basketball game all the time, and he's getting fired up on the Jumbotron. Do you think that has something to do with taking the weight off of his shoulders a little bit? I think so, um, because it's the sort of thing that, in my mind, you do when you're starting out as a young coach at a place like at a place like Temple. Um, and <clears throat> obviously, what he did at Temple was a success enough to get him a job at a Power Five school in Baylor. Uh, what he did at Baylor spurred him to the NFL. And now he's he's at Nebraska, so I think that's a, a pretty big piece of it when you when you look at it. Like he came in saying he was going to do that, and he's done it so far. So it's it, <clears throat> it becomes a a pretty big deal uh, when you when you think about it. Like putting those actions into words. Like when I look back at his introductory press conference, a lot of the things that he said weren't just things that he said. There are things that he's done in the two and a half months since on the job.
Vogues, you all right, brother? Need a T.O. here, 20-second T.O. for a water? I'm, I'm good, I think. <laughs> but uh, Vogue's getting fired up. Uh, we, we, we've all been there at the water situation. Yeah. I've noticed there's some times where Schmitty is over here coughing along that, and I go, I don't know what I'm going to do for the next 30 seconds. <laughs> Sometimes you just, when you're making a mixed drink, you just burn it and <laughs> take that first drink, and it, it hurts. Vogue's is, is with us. Uh, Brandon, before we check out uh, a thought here on, on yesterday, uh, Riola, Dvorak, Coach Campbell, anything stick out to you? Campbell's approach impressed me. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you don't get a lot of opportunity with the strength coach, and this was the first time I'd, I'd seen him, you know, speak as, as Nebraska's new strength and conditioning coach. And really impressed me both with like kind of his his knowledge of I think program culture but also kind of the sports science pieces of it um I thought he was really good on those things uh talking about I mean he had a lot of great kind of pull quotes from that a lot of which had been shared um in the the 24 or so hours since um it was clear to me he's a guy who understands this, like understands kind of strength and conditioning and in a broad level, but also understands where it's at right now, which, which of course is, is vitally important. So listening to him speak for the first time as, as a Nebraska coach at this point kind of backed up for me. Oh, this is like, I, I, I can see for myself, I think why, why Matt rule hired this guy. Um, so I thought he came across super well, you know, Riola man, a few words, which is, which is totally fine. Um, if you're having success, uh, people, I think even come to appreciate that, you know, it was, it was good to hear from him from since we hadn't for a while. And then Dvorak, you know, he was somebody who I, I think just via timing and when he was announced and when he was able to come in, you know, kind of got a little bit of short short shift just because, you know, uh, we'd already kind of digested the other nine, 10 assistants at that point. So very good to hear his impressions of, of where Nebraska's at. And I think he's got a super interesting story when you look at kind of his football career, how it ended and how he got into this, which he, we talked about a little bit yesterday. He's a guy that, uh, what am I going to do next with my football life after injury and, uh, and kind of caught on and, was groomed another in a, a lot of common situations from coach rule where he sees something in somebody and coaches him up on the field and in a career brandon vogel with this managing editor hailvarsity.com and magazine at brandon l vogel on twitter his column uh just fantastic vogues will check in with you on saturday bud thanks for a few minutes today Thank you. I'll, I'll try to have this cough cleared up by then. You're good. Uh, there he is, Brandon Vogel. We'll dive into the uh, Athlon ranking of Big Ten quarterbacks next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 
$10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Brandon Vogel. Catch that sit down with Vogues on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You can grab the whole show in its entirety for your listening pleasure or whatever segment you want to check out. The whole thing on video. Hail Varsity YouTube channel can watch us on the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. So, ranking the quarterbacks, you've got the lists that are sneaking out here before spring football. You're going to have your post-assessment of spring winners and losers. But right now, and Athlon's been doing it forever. They've, they've covered college football at a super high level for a long time. And it's the early 2023 quarterback review and rankings in at number one for the top projected quarterback heading into 2023 is J.J. McCarthy. Love it, hate it, get it. I have no problem with it. McCarthy is a guy that took over for McNamara, who, oh yeah, by the way, took him to the playoff. And he was as good as advertised. Uh, Had a great line, great running game, incredible defense, playoff team. But as early and as young as he is in his career, the guy was mobile enough, threw for just shy of three grand, 22 touchdowns, mobile enough to run for just shy, just over 300 yards. And his efficiency to me is high level. His completions of 40 yards, that's the, 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 the gash play you want, especially off play action when you've got a meat and potatoes run game. McCarthy came in and, and delivered as good as advertised. No worries. Uh, Little Tua, Maryland comes in. Number two. See, I'd, I'd flip those. Really? You like really? Tua better? L- little Tua. Talia. Yeah, Talia. Yeah. Well, look at look at J.J. McCarthy's stats last season. They're almost identical to Sean Clifford. And Sean Clifford was not a bad quarterback for Penn State by any means. But do you consider him the top quarterback in the Big Ten last well, season? Well, success of the team has to weigh in here. Well, J.J. McCarthy had a better team and his stats are identical. He had better support. He had better support and his stats are as, identical. As far as like... Look okay. at it. Look at it. From completion percentage, there are... Two tenths of a percentage off. JJ McCarthy threw sixty four point six percent. Sean Clifford sixty four point four percent yards. Sean Clifford had about a hundred more yards than JJ McCarthy twenty seven hundred to twenty eight hundred. Uh, let's see. McCarthy also went unbeaten. M- McCarthy twenty two touchdowns to five interceptions. Sean Clifford twenty four touchdowns to seven interceptions. All the way down the line, they're almost identical. Yet you're going to put. JJ McCarthy's your best quarterback, and I know Sean Clifford didn't play on as great a football team last year, and you project improvements in J.J. McCarthy's game next year, but I think it's crazy to put him ahead of the guy who had better stats than him last year. Well, this is Ta- Talia Tonga-Vailoa had 3% better completion percentage. He had 300 more yards passing. He had 18 touchdowns and 8 interceptions, which a few less intercept- or a few more interceptions, a few fewer touchdowns, but that's with less talent around him. Eight and, and, and five, he did that in two less games. 8-5 and five versus undefeated conference champs. The thing that, that, that ends well, the... Are we looking at the quarterbacks or are we looking at the team? Well, the quarterback is your... Helps make the team win. Is, is your difference maker in the Big Ten, in college football, in the NFL. And I look at the, the fact that... I mean, the guy had to go win the job. He wasn't just awarded the job. He beat out a, a college football playoff incumbent starting quarterback. So I'm going to give him the nod there. I think as a talent, I think Maryland and, and uh, Tulia 
are are sweet. They're really good. He's he's a, a guy you absolutely want quarterbacking for your team, and I think your one two are pretty no brainers here. So I, I I can't I can't give an eight and five guy, uh, and Maryland's better than they've been. Uh, the nod over what happened at Michigan, despite the help around. I mean, I respect Talia being at one. I respect the take, but I, I think at a certain point too, and because he's older than JJ, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. Because I feel a uh, part of this list is going forward. Obviously, he's, he had well, a, he had so. a year starting. Yeah. Before. Exactly. JJ. So I think that goes into it, and then the overall record and just kind of accomplishments as a team and individually go into it. Now, again, Tully is really, really good, and I, he's going to be fun to watch this year. I think two is an appropriate spot for him, but I understand the, the number well, one I guess take. The heart of my argument is if you go put J.J. McCarthy on that Maryland team, I think they don't get to 8-5 and five last season. And I think if you put Talia on that Michigan team, I think they still make the college football playoff. It's not coming down to J.J. McCarthy and his quarterbacking ability for Michigan in order for them to, to make the college football playoff. It came down to their run game. If they didn't have a rushing attack, J.J. McCarthy was not going to be you know, I, do, we, I, I, I like the Michigan slander, though. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know that can he go win against Ohio State if he's got to be throw first. Don't know. Didn't have to be. I mean, that's just a, a tough discussion point. And uh, McCarthy didn't miss any games either. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, what's around you? The reason we're talking quarterbacks and projection here for 2023, Nebraska makes the list. But it's <laughs> it's a guy that's never played for Nebraska that makes the list. In at number nine, man, there's some some love. And, and I know he's a just phenomenal athlete. Jeff Sims is the name on this list for Nebraska that comes in as the ninth best quarterback in the Big Ten heading into 2023, and they're edging Sims over Casey Thompson. I think you can make an argument for Casey Thompson because of his experience. I mean, he needs to be in the conversation. You've got McNamara at Iowa. You've got Peyton Thorne that's started you got some dude named Tanner from Wisconsin that's not started. Drew Aller's a, a phenom. But based on production, and I know four and eight's four and eight, Casey Thompson's a damn good quarterback and should be, if we're projecting quarterbacks, should be in that top six discussion point, assuming he can win the job. And if he doesn't win the job, then I guess having Sims at number nine, not knowing what he can do with a change of scenery is very fair. But I don't think you put Sims over Casey. It's 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 up in the air. It's absolutely up in the air. Maybe Sims wins the job. That was the kind of the feel with what was talked about with Sims by the Nebraska staff or specifically Rule. But Casey Thompson's a guy that is going to do everything in his power to, to retain that job. And in this Rule offense, man, if he wins the job and things start clicking with a run game, that's where you can see Nebraska maybe have a good first season. Well, the the fact that I think Casey Thompson was already a top six quarterback in the Big Ten last year, and he's not on this list, I think is is craziness. Mm. He was second in the Big Ten in yards per attempt last season, eight point eight yards per attempt. And let's remember, this is on a team that barely had a running game in the past in the last six games of the season. Yet he still had eight point eight yards per game. He was fourth in the Big Ten in passing yards per game. 17 touchdowns to 10 interceptions is maybe the one thing that holds him back whenever you have guys like Stroud last year, 41-6, and six, Aiden O'Connell, 22-13, and 13, which actually I, I thought that was better than that. But 
the Casey Thompson, I don't think it's it's deniable that he was a top six quarterback whenever you look at who was in the, the, the Big Ten for the quarterback last season. I mean, Petrus, Peyton Thorne, Basilak, DeVito, Mertz, better than all those guys. Yes, he I just agree. didn't have a better team. Just didn't have a better team. So I don't think it's it's crazy to say that he should be in the top four on this list. And I guess if you're putting what Jeff Sims did at Georgia Tech up against these guys, if you're projecting him as the starter, sure, putting him outside of this top six is fair. But Nebraska has an incumbent coming back who was already a top six quarterback in the Big Ten last season. The fact that you have Jeff Sims at nine just seems disrespectful. Yeah, it, Sims at nine, no Tate, no Casey at all is a big-time slap in the face. And that's what kind of has wowed us with this list, but they did their job. We're talking about Athlon, and we're talking about uh, quarterbacks in February. We're talking about their list. Uh-huh. We are. We'll wind down this first hour. Gary Barnett's 15 minutes away. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity this hour. Next hour, Gary Barnett, open phones, 520 and beyond. Is uh, We'll get into chasing the big three. Uh, can Nebraska be up to that task uh, in the Big Ten? That's a conversation on the way. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Connor Clark, numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. If you want to jump on, also 800 825 5865 uh, to join the show. Can email the show, Chris at hailvarsity.com. Uh, be sure to buckle up, use your seatbelt. It saves lives, it prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, as we wrap the Athlon projected 2023 top 14 quarterbacks in the Big Ten, uh, Jeff Sims gets the nod. For Nebraska, Nebraska comes in number nine. Uh, you have the the kid, Connor, out of Minnesota, that he came in and he dethroned Captain Morgan and did well. And Minnesota found their way to another – didn't they end up with nine wins? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, they ended up with nine wins. They beat Syracuse in the bowl game. They didn't run for 100 yards. But for the most part, it was Mo left, Mo right – Mo ISO uh, 22 dive type deal, and it worked. But uh, uh, Calic McManus, is that how you say it? Calic Manus. Calic Manus. I mean, it's Cal- like Calic Manus. Calic Manus. There yes. it is. Look at the uh, look at the old guy. Hose it again. Uh, <laughs> take a drink. Bingo card, right? But uh, no, he was good. He was really, really good for them. And uh, he, he really wasn't phased. And you've seen a little let, bit Let it come back against Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> After Tanner Morgan was injured slash benched against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. which Yeah, that kind of flipped things. I lean more, towards, uh, lean more towards benched against Nebraska for Cali McManus. And that kind of flipped Minnesota's fortunes, not only that game, but the rest of the season. With well, Nebraska was up 10 nothing. You had a great drive that Purdy led. And then uh, you were tied going into the fourth quarter against Minnesota, and they just 
ended up doing their thing. Well, the the, the influence of Cali McManus really opened up the rushing attack for Minnesota. He's good downfield, wasn't he? Well, really good downfield and really good in that RPO action, better than Tanner Morgan was. And once they were able to get their rushing attack going, they opened up Mo Ibrahim and Nebraska was getting gashed in the second half and you go lose that football game. And I think if Tanner Morgan stays in, Nebraska may still win that football mm-hmm. game, even despite the fact that you got Purdy in at quarterback. Well, we saw him a couple of times, him being Cali McManus in high school, mm-hmm. and he's a better athlete than Tanner Morgan was. He can throw the football. I mean, it's only a matter of time before you see the arm talent come out because he can get out of the pocket, he can throw on the run, he can obviously run the ball, and as Elijah mentioned, he's better at the RPO than Tanner Morgan is. So I think he's going to be a really solid quarterback for Minnesota in the next couple of years. It was only a matter of time before he got his chance. He's a year younger than I am, but even when we were sophomores in high school and this dude was a freshman up the road at Antioch, he was getting looks. I mean, he was getting looks early, and he's been an athlete the entire his entire career. So uh, I think he's going to be a standout. I, I understand why he's at 10 right now, but – He certainly won't be at 10 by the end of the year on that list. Look at Aller at Penn State. He's the guy that could have a breakthrough. Is is Penn State poised to make a move in the Big Ten? I mean, Rose Bowl champs, nothing to sneeze at at all. Good bounce back season for the Nittany Lions. And he's a five-star, and he had his – here's a little bit of a cup of coffee for you in last year's action. Now you take over with a returning defense that's pretty high level. And there, there's a lot of folks buying stock in Penn State. Uh, Gary Barnett with us. We'll talk some ball with him next hour. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge. It's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment it's a new environment with over two million dollars in improvements you have access to generous benefits packages company support for health and wellness and you do impactful work on a national scale make a difference their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at HVarsityRadio. Call in at 402-489-1240 or at 800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Hall of Fame coach, Colorado and Northwestern, Gary Barnett with us. And coach, you're in the, uh, the Missouri Hall of Fame as well as a player, correct? Uh, I don't know if it's a player or just whatever. It's in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. So okay. I doubt if my playing days created much of a, uh, a Hall of Fame effort. So 
I think it's more just for accomplishments. Well, that, that's awesome. I've never asked you, and I knew you grew up in Missouri, but did who else recruited you? How'd you end up at Missouri? Well, I grew up about um, 35 miles outside of Columbia. And as a kid uh, in Boy Scouts, we would go over and usher at the University of Missouri games. And um, so I got to go probably two or three games a year and help old people like me up and down the aisles. And so, uh, but I got to watch all these games and, um, you know, I just became enamored with the university with, with football, college football, university of Missouri. And one of my heroes was uh, a guy named Hank Kuhlman, who was uh, in the mid fifties, when Coach Devine came in, a lot of the players uh, left and went to the, uh, you know, either NFL, not NFL, but uh, went to baseball. Mm-hmm. Kuhlman stayed and played football. So anyway, uh, then I moved to uh, St. Louis and, uh, I, you know, I grew up a little bit and started getting recruited and uh, for me, the, the schools that I was interested in were people that I knew had gone to these schools. One was Baylor for baseball and football. And Kansas State, I made a trip to Kansas State. I made a trip to Missouri. I made a trip to Illinois. And, and then I made a trip to, to Missouri. And um, the guy that recruited me was Hank Kuhlman. No. He was the guy that I'd grown up just, you know, idolizing as a football player. So... Um, I sort of knew if Missouri was going to offer me, then that's where I was going to go. And so they did. And, um, you know, I, you know, back then you didn't take very many trips and, and, uh, they were sort of a pain. Uh, I mean, you go in as a 17 year old kid and you're hanging out with all these college kids and college girls and you're going, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> you feel like a little teenager in a bunch of, with a bunch of adults and, so it wasn't as much fun for me as it probably is for all these guys now. So, um, uh, you know, Mary um, and I were high school sweethearts, and she was going to go to Central Missouri State, and so I was going to go to Missouri. And uh, that's pretty much how it ended up. Man, that's a good story from uh, from the aisles of uh, of. Columbia and, and Missouri football as a kid uh, uh, playing ball for Missouri. Um, so did you, your era was, was it against Solich and Devaney when, when Nebraska first kind of got there with Devaney? Did you get out in 68, 69? I got it. My last year was, uh, I was on the 68 team, okay. graduated in January of 69. So we, actually in 69 won the big eight uh and um in 68 we played for it and lost to uh um kansas at the time when um oh geez nolan cromwell bobby douglas Douglas was the quarterback Mm -hmm. and um so we lost 17 to 14, I think, in that game. So we went to the Gator Bowl and played Florida, or played, excuse me, played Alabama and uh, Bear Bryant and that group. And we played a great game. We won 35 to 10, and we threw the ball four times 
in that game twice to them and twice to us. So uh, ball never hit the ground. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Gary Barnett with his Hall of Fame coach, Yale Varsity Radio. Coach, going to keep with the coaching theme and a uh, player you recruited you're extremely close with, uh, Eric B. Enemy, and we've talked a lot this time of year over the years about B. Enemy and, and where he may end up, and he's off to D.C. What are your thoughts uh, uh, on, on Eric moving on from K.C.? Well, I you know, it's funny that – I mean, it's interesting – not funny. It's interesting that, that here he can win two Super Bowls and not get a job. And now he probably has to go to a program in, in, in dire need of offense. Uh, and if he gets that turned around, uh, he'll probably get a head job because he'll get credit for it. I think with with Andy being under Andy Reid, no matter what Andy says, it just didn't resonate with with other with GMs and other people that Eric was actually doing this this great job for him. And Andy's tried, and Andy came out and made the statement. He just says, Eric may have to leave me to become a head coach. And um, so that I think that's exactly – Eric put it together and made a decision that if I want to be a head coach, I probably got to go. Um, you know, he may live to uh, regret that move, and he may live to be thankful for that move. We never know on these kinds of things. You know, decisions aren't bad decisions – until down the road, you know, at the time you make them, they're not bad decisions. You don't sit down and say, hey, let me make a bad decision today. Um, but, you know, down the road is how things work out, determine whether they're good decisions or bad decisions. And we'll just have to see with that. But um, he certainly has his hands full going to Washington, having a quarterback like Sam Howell, who's just a rookie last year and uh, certainly hasn't demonstrated the kind of prowess that uh, Patrick Mahomes has demonstrated. So he's going to be working with a, I don't want to say a lesser product, but, but not, not the best player on the planet like he was with Mahomes. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to see what kind of decision this ends up being for Eric, but he made it. And he, uh, you know, he, I guess he wants to be a head coach. And I always tell him, be careful what you wish for there, buddy. So, um, We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I think everybody's pulling for him. Well, and there's just this outcry of give the guys some credit. Andy Reid and him were, were incredible together. I, I did some research, and it sounds like the enemy had just one-year deals, the last five-year deals with Kansas City. And that worked out from a standpoint of it wasn't a multi-year thing, and if he wanted to look around, he could. And then I would right. I, I would hope he would get bumped every year based on how well they performed, you know that that ability to get taken care of with two Super Bowls, two Super Bowls, and five AFC Championship games, um, and you know Washington's right there. Have owners and GMs? I mean, you're you're well known in the football world. Have people reached out to you about Eric uh, about past opportunities and? I mean, what? What? Uh, this seems uh, excessive. I guess is the word I'm looking for, with what he's done, who he's been under, and it's it's a risk. He's got to go to Washington, and they got to score points. And not that he's not brilliant, and the offense won't work. But again, you you outlined the apples and oranges part of this uh, equation. 
between Washington and, and Kansas City just so he can get a head job. I, I just don't get it. Well, I, I don't either, but I think it was smart for Eric to do one-year contracts because, um, you know, the way the contractual situation is in the NFL is, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to get out of a, mm-hmm. a multi-year contract and somebody has to do a buyout or make a trade. You know, they have to trade players, et cetera. So I think Eric made a smart move and that every year he could test the waters and see if he was going to get a head job. And if he could, he could move on pretty easily. So, uh, but no, you know, no one's really reached out to me. I'm, I've been, I think, removed too far and and too long from that situation that uh, uh, I'm like everybody else, just speculating. And while I do do occasionally talk with Eric or at least communicate with Eric, um, the uh, I, I haven't gotten a sense of exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Gary Barnett with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, I, I was whining to you about the wind chill and the weather in uh, in Lincoln uh, before we jumped on air. I saw Coach Prime driving his Lamborghini in Boulder when it was icy and sleety and snowy, and he was trying to get up a hill. Have you talked him into getting an SUV yet? No, I haven't seen what you've seen. Uh <laughs> No, <laughs> it, it, listen. This is a this is probably the worst winter in sixty years in Boulder, and it's you know. <laughs> although he's not going to believe that, and none of those guys that just moved from Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> believe it. But uh, no, you know, some things you just got to learn on your own, and uh, you know, call the tow trucks and et cetera. But uh, if you're driving a Lamborghini, you're out of place in Boulder in the first place. Well, I got to ask you. I mean, did you? You've always been a sports car, car guy. We've talked. Uh, we, we, we've talked sports cars before. Um, did you? Uh, did you have an alternative option uh, all those years in Colorado when it got too deep and too slick, or did you have to to take the Corvette out in the the, the icy weather? No, no. I I, uh, I didn't. I didn't expose my cars that are like that to anything like snow. So no, we, I, I, it was Tahoe city for me in those days in Boulder. So. I like it. Coach, uh, what I ask you a good story with the athletic and they're asking a, a question, uh, off season topics. And can, can anybody in the big 10 catch the big three and the big three are Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, and and two programs came up in this uh, this mailbag, Nebraska and Michigan State. Um, Coach Rule's done a great job. Winter conditioning's going well. They've uh, been on it from a recruiting standpoint. But as you look at Nebraska and you look at Michigan State, two programs, um, how do you think they can can uh, close the gap? And and the the thing to do is is get high-level blue-chip prospects, but also develop some of those under-the-radar guys. I think that's a combination that Nebraska can get back to. Do you think they have a chance to to get in that conversation eventually with uh, the the teams that have been playing and winning Big Ten titles? Well, the key word is eventually, and I don't know what that that encompasses. But uh, in in a year, probably no. Uh, But Michigan State and Nebraska both have great fan bases. Uh, they both have uh, good traditions. So they have the tradition of, 
Nebraska has the same tradition as a Penn State, uh, an, uh, an Ohio State, mm-hmm. and a Michigan. Michigan State probably not. Uh, the difference is who you're playing, and so and how your fan, how your uh, recruiting base has changed uh, because of who you're playing in, in Nebraska's case. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say that that Nebraska had the best chance of getting back in there, um, especially. You know, we'll see what the new schedule, what it looks like. Uh, but if you remained in the West, you certainly would have a great chance to to reach that kind of thing. But the new schedule, uh, you know, you've got to play those teams and beat them mm-hmm. is what you got to do. So you can't avoid them. And if you keep avoiding them, then you don't know. Uh, so you got to keep playing them so you know what they look like, you know what it feels like to play them. I think it's really important to play those teams. So, uh, and everybody's got to see it. Everybody that's in your program has to see what the best looks like so that you can, you know, you can't just keep projecting as to what the best looks like. You've got to see it and be able to touch it and feel it. So uh, I, I think playing those teams is essential to getting there. Do you think the uh, USC-UCLA tandem are going to come in and, and be okay or are they going to have to outscore folks? How have you process their transition if you have it all do you think they can come in and be competitive or do they do they raise the level perception wise yes but how do they how do they live in the big 10 neighborhood i don't know if we're going to know that till they get there uh it's it's uh it's one thing to play a big 10 school in the rose bowl and sunny weather in california after two weeks three weeks layoff but it's another thing to go in and travel week in, week out, uh, and and play Big Ten teams. So I think we're just going to have to wait and see. I don't know how to project that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, they're, they've created a stir on the West Coast and with their fan base. It, it's, not a happy, it's not a happy move by uh, the entire organization. So, you know, that, they've got to get beyond that. They're going to struggle just from – I mean, anytime they lose to a Big Ten school, they're going to get hammered in the papers in, in Los Angeles. And, you know, they got to learn to live with that. And anytime they're outmatched, they're going to have to live with that and figure out how to. How to but again, like I said, they got to play those teams to find out really what they're up against. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, former coach in Colorado and Northwestern. A few more minutes with Coach Barnett. Uh, his thoughts there on Eric Bieniemy and. Time to, to kind of go make a name for yourself there. And uh, he's right on. Be careful what you wish for. The uh, enemy is going to get paid. It's going to be a multi-year deal. But it's it's funny that he's got to go out on his own to go earn it and kind of prove that he's as good as he's been associated with. Um, he's been really good. He's just been under Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been giving him a ton of credit. We'll dive in here coming up to next segment. Nebraska's assistants have all spoken. Who's wowed you the most? Hail Varsity continues a Thursday edition presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, 
and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Gary Barnett with us, Hail Varsity Radio, couple of minutes. Coach, uh, Adrian Martinez, drafted by the USFL, drafted by Mike Riley. Let's talk Mike Riley and Adrian Martinez together. If Adrian ends up in the USFL, let's talk about that combination of, of Riley and what he's done with quarterbacks and Adrian's upside. Well, Adrian has has a uh, always has a big upside, but he's always got the way he plays. He gets himself hurt, and that's that's what he's got to avoid at that level. He's got to have longevity. He's got to be around to have Mike Riley make him better. Um, and so, to me, that's a critical issue: is how do you how do you take what Adrian does best and limit it in a league where uh, you know all those players? I mean, they're, they're a lot better than everybody thinks. They're just one step below that next level in the NFL. So you're going to play against good players on defense every single day, every time, every game. And so your style of play, uh, you, you got to be careful with it. And I think Mike's Mike's got to handle that as well. And uh, you know, you just can't you can't be running around like he has in college. And you know, he, he got hurt this year and couldn't finish the year. And so he's had a history of that. And I think that's what you've got to be careful about. Last question, and we'll get you uh, out of here. And thanks again for talking ball. Uh, how big a loss is Todd Monken to, uh, to, to Baltimore for Georgia? Mike Bobo's got history at Georgia, obviously. But does that uh, mess things up for Kirby? Or is this just, all right, it's another Georgia guy coming back in? Uh, you know, I'm not sure about that, Chris. I mean, Mike Bobo did a great job at coordinator. He struggled as a head coach, but he also did some good things as a head coach. You know, a coordinator and a head coach are two different evaluations. And so I think you've got to evaluate Mike on what he did as a coordinator because that's what he's going back to. He's learned a great deal by being a head coach. He'll be a better assistant coach than he was before because he's been a head coach. But he's also got great players to work with, a lot better players than he had at Colorado State. I can guarantee you that. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, he, you're a better coach when you come back. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's better than he was when he left. So there's no reason with the personnel they're going to be able to uh, accrue there at, at Georgia that uh, he's learned a great deal. And he'll be, he'll be just as effective, I think, as Todd was. How many uh, how many rounds you playing this weekend? Well, there's only there's only three days on the weekend, so I'm playing three. But you know, now if you want to go into the week, I'm probably going to get. I didn't play yesterday; it was so stinking windy here. But uh, so I'll probably get five or six, maybe in this week. Ooh, good work! Um, happy with the game, or you're just hey, I'm no. playing golf. It's okay. No, but have you watched Full Swing yet? No, I've been meaning to get into it. It's been a crazy week. Get into it, I'm telling you. If you're a golfer, watch Full Swing. Because what you realize is those guys have the same thoughts that you have, and they're the best in the world. So 
Uh, it makes you want to play. It, it, it's really fun to watch. There's, I think, nine episodes. I think of the nine, there's seven that are really good. Okay. And so it's, it's really worth watching. And so it's. I just say, watch that, and that'll explain everything. No, we're going to get into it, uh, and and no doubt discuss it. And one of my thoughts is more Tito's on the golf course. So uh, <laughs> helps the putt. Well, no, I don't think that's the answer, Chris. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I don't think so. Coach, you take care. Thanks for the time. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Gary Barnett, who among us, when we are golfing, doesn't think more Tito's or more Coors or whatever your aiming juice of choice is i mean come on i I think that's that's where my head's at i just feel like i gotta sell the clubs after a while oh yeah (laughs) some of us just are no good at it uh there's not enough mad shoeys as good as it gets in the world and um i'm just tito's is where i go and 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 and, and shoeys probably like schmitty you need tito's (laughs) (laughs) Me and Jesus can't help you. <laughs> so there, there, there we go. Uh, good stuff from Gary Barnett. We're going to die. Always, yeah, he's, he's awesome. So we'll have that posted on the podcast, both segments with Coach Barnett, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. So Nebraska has had everybody in front of the media, all the assistants, uh, plenty of times with Coach Rule as well. And let's, uh, let's circle a coach that has either wowed you or you think is going to be a pretty big-time impact for Nebraska. And there, there's obvious choices. There's the coordinators. There's the Riola. There's not a wrong answer here. It's not a contest uh, where I'm Kramer walking in, I'm out. No, I, I, I really think Bob Wager's who I'm going to pick. Uh, and listen, uh, you think a lot of that tight end room potential uh i think a lot about his connections and successes in texas so future talent but i also know that and a lot of these guys are young anyway but wager's really just removed just removed from from high school so he is he has got his eyes and ears and the pulse of of today's athlete. Not that Rule doesn't, not that Barthold doesn't, but he's coming directly from that realm. So to me, Wager is is the guy that that wowed me the most, and I really I, I enjoyed hearing from all of the coaches. It was great to have a chance to see and meet and and hear from and Q and A. But now Wager's Wager's my guy on this staff. I think that is going to be. Big time. You know what type of mismatch opportunity tight ends are in football. You got your hybrid guy on defense. You want to either come off the edge or be in coverage. The tight ends, your equalizer with that size and speed mismatch opportunity in an RPO offense or in any offense. Quite honestly, you flex them out, you put them on end line. Uh, magic can happen. But Wager's my guy with. Uh, who I think can can do big big things for Nebraska football, and I think just his familiarity with the the high school talent and well demo is is big time. It's an interesting answer in terms of you don't like it. No, it's just there's, you know, there's other cho- whenever there's I, whenever there's I other think, choices. Whenever I think of what position group 
is 100% crucial for success at the college level? I don't think of tight ends. It's, it, it's off, that's assuming your offensive and defensive line have their stuff together. Yeah, and those are the first and two places quarterback I go, room. especially in the Big Ten, is mm-hmm. what are you going to be getting from Terrence Knight, and who I think might be my number one choice. That's, that's this, this, comes, this comes in the wake of me talking about how the defensive line is where I was the most mm-hmm. worried going yeah, into yeah, this yeah, season. Sure. Uh, so it kind of goes lockstep with that. But Terrence Knight is a guy who's been there. He's done that, but he's never been a college coach at, at any level. He's never been a, a graduate assistant. He, he's just never, ever been a college coach. What is he going to do in college? How is his recruiting going to hold up not over the course of the next six months, but over the course of the next three years, how is his recruiting going to do? Is he able to develop guys in that defensive line room? Because I, I did notice a big step back following the, the departure of Coach Tuioti last year from mm-hmm. that defensive line. It just felt like some of the, the small things that made that defensive line great two years ago weren't necessarily there last year. And it's different guys as well that were in the room. So that's a problem. But I just look at it and with how those guys kind of handle the media in, the, in their own separate ways with mm-hmm. Riola and with Knighton, those have got to be my, my, my number one and number two choices for the most important and most intriguing hires that Matt Rule has made with Riola being held over, Terrence Knight being a guy who's never been in college. Those two guys just, just really, mm-hmm. really pique my interest. And I'll also put Evan Cooper in as a guy there just with his prowess in recruiting, how much Matt Rule re- relies upon him for talent evaluation. Another guy uh, that was very well spoken at his media appearance and I, I thought was very interesting. Wager's a guy that I think is, is going to be pretty vital and key to that Texas connection and and talent evaluation. I mean, he's going to be that first step, that first, all right, uh, McGuire too. Both those guys are coming from that realm. You're not wrong that, that Knighton is probably most important on the line. I'm, I'm most intrigued by by Wager. Who do you like? What, what assistant kind of impressed you or do you think is going to be key for the future success? Well, I – is it confession time for me right now? Because you you, you have not dove into uh, the the YouTube channel. My answer is Fred Hoiberg. That's why. <laughs> okay, oh, we got a really? basketball guy in here. Well, because you know it's an important part of the season. Trying to stay up to date as much as I can in that realm. Now I'm not just totally putting football off the off the edge here. You're like, why are you talking about <laughs> off season football, you goon? But I don't want to give an answer that's just like doesn't have any context. Connor's saying, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I, I just like don't want to give a bad answer. Moving on. How about Minnesota Saturday? I mean, that's yeah. that's all my mind is on right now. You I calling can't, it? I can't lie. No, I'm not. But I, I'm going to be in the building. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's going to be exciting enough. Can I, quickly though, Connor, with this being your frame of reference, can I ask you, a guy who I think has really flown under the radar this cycle, his style of defense hasn't, but he as a person has Tony White, the defensive coordinator. I feel like I got a lot of quotes and comments on Twitter uh, about what Satterfield wanted to do with the offense. Oh, he's going to bring back the fullback. They just about broke Husker Twitter. Yeah, you know, when Tony White gets up there, it's still just Husker fans not listening to the what he has to say and going, well, the three three five will never work in the Big Ten. I feel like he has flown under the radar a little bit from just these pressers that we've had over the past month, month and a half. Tony White, like not many people have talked about what he had to say. Well, yeah, and I think you you bring up a good point with the three three five too about you know people questioning that style of play in this league, right? And I think that kind of well, that turns happens, people happens off. Else. It happens nowhere else in the coaching staff. No one's asking, will Coach Shatterfield's offense work in the Big Ten? It's never worked there before. No Man. one's asking that. Well, it's because well, it's the defense. I mean, you go – Big Ten is running the football and defense, right? Mm-hmm. And especially here when you have the black shirt thing and everything going on there, I feel like a different pride has been taken 
in the defense. And if people, you know, are kind of shaky on what they hear out of the defensive coordinator's mouth and what kind of scheme they're going to run, they may not really want to think about it all too often because they're, they're they don't want to put the negative, for lack of a better term, in the front of their mind when you have a new regime. That would be my guess. But obviously, you have to give it a chance, and you have to see it on the field in between the lines to see if it's really going to work. There's a level of concern because it's been problematic to stop the the run anyway uh, by Nebraska. They'll have a game or two where they they're stout, and then the rest of the season they get trashed. The last two years where they're giving up five, six a carry, uh, maybe exaggerating there, but you know how the fourth quarters have gone. Being able to run the football and stopping the run, uh, Nebraska has not had an answer. And then you, okay, you're gonna just give us, uh, you know, a six-man front in this league. Listen, White has satisfied for me his blueprint, and it's not really about numbers; it's about the matchups. And I think they'll find the people, or they'll go try and at least recruit the people. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught pre-teen Swedish boy. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Connor Clark. Email uh, sent out by the University of Nebraska Athletic Department. Big 130 presser tomorrow with uh, the governor, Jim Pillen, going to be on hand, other university officials and administrators. And uh, Nebraska uh, is a place that, that loves to, to kick things off the right way. It's a great way of putting it. And, and from what I have is heard... Is this breaking in, news? In, eh. A little bit. A little bit, just because I can't explicitly confirm what I've been hearing, but whenever I tie together what I've been hearing with what has been announced, my m- mind goes to why is Jim Pillen there? Why is Jim he's Pillen there governor. for Nebraska? He, he was a great football player and he recovered a fumble. But I look at it as he's a former regent for the University of Nebraska college systems, which mm-hmm. includes more than just UNO, or UNL, that includes UNO, UNK. Mm-hmm. I look at that, and there's been a lot out there about this is going to be a, a volleyball announcement. And from what I've heard, that's what's out in the uh, stratosphere. That's what's out in the stratosphere. And from what I have heard, volleyball Memorial Stadium sounds to be what this, or seems to be what this this announcement is about. Tie that together with why would Pillen be there? Probably because UNO UNK is this. This is what I'm tying together: a volleyball type match with Nebraska UNO UNK, a triangular, Mm -hmm. a, a round robin of sorts at Memorial Stadium, which I assume would be in. Attempts to break that Wisconsin attendance record that they set last Take year. Take back the attendance record. And set one that, that nobody else in college volleyball is going to touch. 
You want that record. You want to hold that for, over everybody. For, for kicks, if you were to do a volleyball triangular at Memorial Stadium. Well, if you're doing it in August, yeah. what else have you been doing in August at Memorial Stadium over the past couple of years? Having friends in low places. You've been putting concerts in Memorial yes. Stadium. That was good. That was good. Let's just say they're going to make a, let's say they're going to do volleyball. Let's say they're going to do a concert. Who do you bring in? You just had Garth. Do you say what's up, uh, Chesney? Do you say Zach Brown? Do you? Uh, well, Chesney's already coming to Lincoln pretty soon, I think. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, slap me. Um, I'll just go and show. It's okay. Um, how about? Uh, I don't know. Who do you guys like? Who do you want? Who could? Who could fill it? Oh boy. Well, you, you gotta, you gotta Ag- com- Axel and Slash and the boys are touring again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you, you gotta combine. Let's go. You gotta combine moves the needle with gettable. So I think uh, that everyone's that, 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 got a prize. Everyone's gettable. Do you go Post Malone? I know he was in Omaha last year. Post that Malone's a guy be, that I think okay would maybe move the needle. But then I think about the middle aged type audience. Yeah, the demographic doesn't really fit for like. The whole, like, the I think entire you go, crowd that would be there. Yeah, you, you go country music. Yeah, I agree. Taylor Swift? I was well, going to say that. Okay. <laughs> that would be, so a, Elijah that would be an impossible poll. That would be with, so with hard. With Tay-Tay coming to And all of a sudden, <laughs> the Nebraska Athletic Department is bankrupt because they had Taylor Swift at a concert. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. I don't think you can get... Drake is too high of an artist to try to go pull. I don't think Billy Eilish has he, enough. Uh, yeah. It's got to be a, a combination of big name artists with wide appeal, and that's I, where it gets tough. I think it's got to be country. I agree mm-hmm. there. Because that's going to appeal to the most people. It's going to cover the most demographic, and it'll probably people sell like it. the most mm-hmm. out here. Sure. Well, Luke Combs? That, that could be a is, good one. Is, didn't George just do a show in Lincoln? Straight? George Strait. That's interesting. Blake Shelton was just here. Mm hmm. Uh, Zach Brown, that'd be awesome. Zach Brown was at PBA a couple of years yeah. ago. That was a great. No, great I did. Show. That was right before the old pandemic gave us the people's elbow. Yeah, yeah. No, me and uh, my February, roommate. February twenty ninth. Me and my roommate Darren had the time of our lives at that Zach Brown I, concert. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I took my wife to that show, and they were free seats. Thank you, Rob the Suit. I got free seats too. Thank and you, she's Rob the and, suit. and she's like, <laughs> you work. For a radio station, can't you get better seats? <laughs> like, sweet God, they were free, honey. We're in the building. You're drinking a $17 uh, sweet tea or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> Spent all that concert money ticket on beer. Oh, <laughs> that was my night, too. <laughs> Tim, Tim McGraw. Can't you get us closer to the stage? <laughs> Sorry, my God. Does Sorry, Tim McGraw uh, have enough pull to be that artist? Still, Tim McGraw? Could. Yeah, I know. We we need to get our friends from Kicks over here and see yeah, what they would say. I I'm not fit enough to talk about country. Uh, Brennan cars. says, "Give us Morgan Wallen." Yeah, there you go. I would love Morgan Wallen there personally. Uh, he's had some 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 hiccups in his past, so which I think may prevent that. Hmm? Well, it's Tio's birthday today. Maybe we just ask him who he wants. Right. Hey, who do you want to perform in hmm? five months? <laughs> uh, Ooh. Who, you know what's coming to Lincoln in August? Who? Zach Bryan. Yeah, yeah. I like me some Zach Bryan. There you go. He's had an issue with not being able to, to, to sell tickets to everyone that wants to come to his show. Could you discuss with your friends over at PBA moving that show to Memorial Stadium in August? I don't know. Well, you'd have no problem getting tickets to people. Right? Yeah. Now, this is, this is really awesome if uh, things move forward with this, with the... Uh, the outdoor option, 
and uh, then you uh, you follow it up with a kickoff show. That's been the uh, the playbook, and Garth was cool. I didn't get mm-hmm. to go last year, but I mean, I talked to everybody who went, and they were they were wild. And it, it doesn't screw with Nebraska because you're at Minnesota, August thirty first, and uh, you're in Boulder September 9th. Your first two games are on the road, and I know there's distance between. You know, uh, I think you, you, who's Matt Rule vote for? Who would he want to see? That's a great question. Oh, he's, he's probably tight with a lot of mm-hmm. musicians. Maybe he's yeah. got those connections. We're just purely speculating here this entire segment, which I love. I, I, like, I can't even confirm that this is what this announcement is about tomorrow. But what I'll say is, don't be surprised. And if I am it's right, you heard it here real. first. So football, back to football for a moment. Uh, I picked uh, Bob Wager as the the assistant coach that I think could have a. A monster impact uh, out of the assistance we heard from Elijah. You were spitting poetic during the break. I mean, tight ends have been the difference maker from good to great offense. You look at the NFL squads that made a really great run this year. They all had dude tight ends, and if you have that tight end, game over. That's going to be the difference maker. Run game, power football, but then mismatch on offense if you can get the tight end going and you've got options you're waiting for that breakout for Fedoni you've got A.J. Rollins who's shown some flashes uh, I mean we we go back to spring but we really like what A.J. can do Tagaloa and then of course you get the guy in Gilbert that is 6'5", 275 the guy that's that, just that incredible was not only just wanted by every college football program in America as of a couple of years ago was already getting first round comparisons Great. to the tight end and NFL scouts were looking at him in high school saying what do we have here mm-hmm. that's a dude if you can unlock his potential like think about what that can do to change your offense what think about what two tight ends running around double tight I mean uh, bad memories for some Patriots fans but it worked pretty well with uh, uh, A-Rod and, and Gronk as a yeah. one-two punch yeah, think about what, what Gronk did uh, think about what Kelsey's doing right now with the Chiefs. Think about Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Think about Kittle with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. If you want a high-level offense in the NFL, you need a high-level tight end. And I think that's trickling down into college, as we've seen in recent years, that that high-level tight end can really, really open up your offense. And like the number one example of this I think of is a couple of years ago with that Bama squad with mm-hmm. O.J. Howard at tight end. O.J. was money. It was like, oh, yeah, we're going to pound the rock, we're going to pound the rock, we're going to pound the rock. And then, oh, here's a, a, a little uh, popper out to, to O.J. Howard over the middle. Now he's gone 70 yards. <laughs> Quick timeout. We'll wind down a Thursday at Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday. Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. And uh, for Elijah Herbal at uh, Herbal Essence on Twitter. Connor Clark. Write it down. Kidding. You're driving. Uh, at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, the full show or just segments of it. Uh, can watch the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, KFOR uh, Facebook and Twitter, KFOR Sports Facebook. And then always check the show out streaming a video form, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. You can email Chris at Hale Varsity Dot com. Yay or nay? Uh, the last movie I saw, a man named Otto, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. uh, a group of us got together. Navat spearheaded this. We went on a Saturday 
group of people, never really met him. We all went to the movie, had a drink afterwards, and it was just cool. I hadn't really done that um, with a with a group of folks, and usually you just kind of go see the movie you want to see. Uh, what was the movie that was out here about 1920s Hollywood? Briefly, once upon a no, no the no, the, no. the one from the 1920s. It was just out. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking. Oh, about. it had the gal from Wolf of Wall Street, Margot Robbie. Yeah, she was in it. Brad Pitt was in this. Oh, anywho, I went. I, I couldn't talk anyone to go and see Babylon. I went and saw Babylon over the holidays. It's in crazy and intense and nuts, but I don't know if if that still has more cocaine in it than cocaine bear <laughs> so my question is are either of you two going to spring for the five dollar tuesday and, and rush out and see <laughs> cocaine bear i'll wait for this one to come out on streaming personally you will <laughs> you know it's based on a true story kind of <laughs> kind of the, no the, 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 the no true it's story, not the, the true story is the much cartel missed their drop <laughs> yeah. and big ben got loose with uh some of the uh, the best uh, peruvian no, powder known to man that is basically what happened in the movie Hijinks ensue with this uh, this cocaine fueled bear. In real life, the bear just uh, oh, did pretty much died within like thirty minutes of consuming all the cocaine. It acted goofy. It's a much sadder story. Yeah, that's actually much sadder very story. Sad. They, they they took it and they turned it into a, a Hollywood comedy, which I don't blame them because that reminds us of our uh, our Fordham Ram conversation. Yeah, no. <laughs> so in in, in the original, the the bear. You remember the Fordham Ram conversation? Oh, yeah. Where yeah. 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 <laughs> he went to they the slaughterhouse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, cocaine bear in, in real nice. life uh, OD'd on cocaine and died shortly thereafter. Much sadder story. But this movie looks entertaining. I, I, I will wait to see it on streaming, though. I'm not a, a one to go see comedies in the theater, with the exception of Anchorman. I went and saw that in theaters. This has been a movie. The new one. An- Anchor- Anchorman is awesome. This has been a friend group discussion. I think we may pull the trigger and just can go you, see can it. Can I be a old loser and invite myself? Because there's no way I can get my wife to go. Uh, sure. And after Junior being able to stumble upon and watch Ted with me when he was about <laughs> five years old, between uh, the, uh, the the narcotic cardiac use, uh, usage in Ted and then the... The knife trick with Flash, right? Junior still tries to play that game every time we go out to eat. It's a fail- failure moment as a parent. But hey, I, the, I can't the the say, hey, let's go see Cocaine Bear Junior and and not sleep on the couch. I'll personally uh, save my money and go see the new Creed movie. That comes out soon, too. Good work. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.